Get ready for the sleepiest podcast of your life, Woohoo! Someone hey, taking me off this roller coaster. Right. Monday, get ready to go off the rails and ride into the sun. It's Sky Pirate Radio, everybody. I'm here. Kevin's here. Say hi, Kevin. What's up? Hi, I'm here. I love Cats the Musical. Just just like you're bursting through a bloody wall with like a helmet, like you've been burst through a cannon. You're just here now. <laughs> it's like a... It's like the Kool-Aid man, Kevin and Jace. Blah, we're in your ears, podcast. I was we're summoned. We never actually plan when to record the podcast. Jace will just start. He'll just say, this is Sky Pirate Radio. And then, uh... This is... I arrive. The show. Here we are. Unplanned, unprompted. Uh, no prompts. Uh, just, uh, just requests from the audience. It's Sky, Sky Pirate Radio. Yeah, Sky Pirate Radio unplugged. Uh, we're going unplugged. to get one suggestion from the audience and we're going to make a whole show just from that suggestion. Just from that one little suggestion. And that suggestion, uh, today, uh, can we hear from the audience? What do we got here? Uh, we got, uh, uh, we got, oh, vi- video games. Oh, I guess we got to do a show, <laughs> uh, fucking about video games. That's really uh, sucks, actually. Once again. Um... Yeah, yeah, I wish you guys would ask for something different, but I guess that's okay. That's it's Sky Pirate want. Radio. Um, we've got to talk about video games and the video games we're making as well all the time. So, uh, I, I guess, yeah, let, first off, before we even get to any any menacing stuff, because I know you've been, been plotting some nefarious things this week, mm. Kevin. Uh, let's talk a little bit about video games, the ones we're making. Um... What's been up the haps there? Uh, you and Joey uh, have been working on Getaway Grand Prix at the moment. Yeah, I got some good new plans. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to set it all in motion. I was stuck for a while because, and it's kind of what happened with Lamplit too. I kind of ended up with all this, all these like pieces, but they weren't kind of fitting together in in a way that I wanted. Um. And it ended up getting a bit too complicated. And I think that's kind of what happened here. I had too many stuff. I just... There was too many things. So I cut some of them out. You don't have to drop off your gems anymore. It's gonna it's gonna take a while for me to implement it all in. But it was basically... The, the part that was most important to me was making it clear how much progress you've made through the level. And also to have, you know, different events and, and stuff happen... Uh, throughout the level, so it had kind of a beginning and a middle and an end. So at the top, you're going to collect your gems now, and you'll just have a meter at the top, and it'll fill up, and it'll have little, like, question mark boxes on it, and those will be different events that'll happen. So it'll spawn uh, power-ups or different mini-bosses and stuff uh, to keep it interesting. And apart from that, you can, like, hit... There's, like, mini-bosses, and you can ram into them, and they, like, bounce around the board like pinballs and can take out other cars and stuff. So that's just kind of a fun kinetic element uh, in it as well. Um, Mm. It's just all about being smart, I guess, you know, and taking, like, what what would it be good but also would be easy to, to implement? And so I've got a lot of that. I've got a lot of stuff that is that teed up. Uh, yeah. And I'm ready to to smash it all out. It's gonna be good. Yep, you got you got the know-how and you got the stuff to uh, to uh, make this game and make it doable. And uh, 
yeah. have every level be a fun little arc. Yeah, it'll be uh, great like to it'll be great to get that core kind of level uh, stuff done. So then we can start focusing on doing the different zones and the different um, kind of level mechanics and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be kind of the next thing, and then I guess filling out more of the power ups and what they do, and finishing the last. Um, mini bosses, and then uh, writing some dialogue and stuff. It's gonna, it's all gonna flow now. I think the, that was the kind of the last hang up on the um, kind of core, core gameplay stuff. Mm. So it's very exciting. Yeah, trying to, yeah, it's super exciting trying to round out every level like that. And I think, I think we might have it. Yeah, we should let's, be able to be able make some rapid progress, or it'll be a it'll be a shake up. We'll see. Yeah, certainly a shake up. And also, yeah, you've shown off some of the uh, a little bit of the dialogue stuff early on, showing off some of the characters that'll be in the game. Um, uh, the extended uh, new universe Sherlock Hounds cast uh, ready <laughs> yes. to represent here. It is. Um, it is. Um, people like characters, you know. That's what I. I, think. I I love them. I think that that is that was one of the things the game was missing, and I like characters, mm-hmm. and I. I think it's funny when people say things. So, mm. I I, I think decided it's... to put characters in in that way. <laughs> This is like a Game Informer interview, like the most useless one ever. <laughs> Why did you put characters in your game? People like characters. Well, without those, without those like portraits and stuff, it's like you just don't care as you don't care about these little cars as much as you Absolutely. would care about, you know, a, 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 someone with a face who has a feeling. Just a little face and uh, a few words um, that resonate from that face will uh, gives it a whole lot more flavour. Yeah, it'll have a lot like. more personality. Definitely, hundred percent. So, oh, one more thing about game development, and we did—I didn't want to miss this, even though it happened a while ago. I didn't want to miss it. Uh, Kevin has made his very first ROM hack. Oh yeah, I uh, forgot. Yeah, you don't—you can't forget about this. You can <laughs> check it out on at Kevin Stott at Twitter. It's the uh, Simpsons uh, Super Mario Brothers USA yeah. hack. Now, this this hack lets you do something you have never done before, and that is that you can play as the uh, extended cast of the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I I got I got Homer in. See, so I had the I had the idea that I wanted to do a ROM hack. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to do something simple where I was just going to replace the sprites. Um, Mm -hmm. so I had the idea of putting Homer in Super Mario Brothers, but then I, (laughs) I looked, I looked that up and it turns out someone had already done it and, but it just wasn't that good. And so, but then later on, after, after I kind of put that idea to the side, I was watching a video about Super Mario Brothers. Bros USA, and I went. Wait a second. There's there's some char- There's slots for different characters here. Just uh, that we could just slot those Simpsons family right into. You'd like you had like that moment of like chrysalis in your brain, a discovery of like, my God, this is this is the greatest idea. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Yeah, this is this is peak human performance <laughs> coming from me right now. 
So yeah, um, right now you can do Homer. It was I in in a in kind of a flurry of activity. I finished the kind of basic him walking around, and, <laughs> and then the next morning I finished up some uh, like some picking stuff up animations. So yeah, that's that's where it is. I think the yeah. the next thing that I think would be good is to make the power change the power block to a dough block. That would be good. I think yep, that's that's a good, that's a good addition. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, still not sure what to do about all the, uh, about all of the enemies and stuff. Hopefully. I mean, obviously Um, there's, there's a fish in there, so that can be the three-eyed fish. I don't know what Birdo will be, though. I don't know what Birdo will be. Birdo. Who shoots, does anyone throw eggs in the Simpsons (laughs) universe? That's a great question. We can change the egg as well, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you fight Birdo so much... I, I never really knew anything about... I know, like, the first level, but I didn't really know anything about the kind of bosses or how many times you fight Birdo, which is a whole bunch. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of different iterations. I think I would probably make Birdo Ned. Because he recurs Yeah, that'd, so be, <laughs> that'd be good. Um, What's he throwing? Like, crosses or something? I guess, well, Birdo can shoot the eggs that you can pick up, but they... There's also other birdos that can shoot like um, fireballs that you can't pick up. So yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe he could throw like bibles and you could throw them back at him. I was gonna have him. I had. I was thinking you could have him have like a little speech bubble that said like "Hey, hey, diddly" or whatever. But then if it shoots the other way, the words would be mirrored. So I decided probably couldn't do that. Mm. But look, lots obviously. Lots, lots in plan for Super Mario, Su- Super Simpsons yeah. Bros. <laughs> Super Simpsons Bros. Let's see how many, how many of those characters we can get in. It's hard because like a lot of the, like all the enemies are just nearly all the enemies are one tile, and so yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to try and fit something in that space. Yeah, what could a sniffit be like? <laughs> I don't know. I think the like the with the. I don't know what all their names are. The birds on the flying carpet, I'm thinking that could that yeah. could be Professor Frink and he's in a spaceship or something, or it could be like a Kang mm-hmm. Kang or Kodos kind of thing. That's oh, right. I like that. We'll we'll make a we'll make a big list and uh, um, I mean who knows? It'll be just a one of life's adventures. Yeah, maybe this uh could be um an officially licensed product should One fox day. choose should fox choose to accept it but uh right now it will stay uh free for the public um for anyone to use another thing that is interesting about it is that in super mario bros uh usa you start the game by kind of falling down through the sky kind of like the uh the intro to the simpsons <laughs> as you come yeah, into yeah, the clouds so. yeah that, that was another parallel. I mean, the characters don't physically fall. <laughs> no, they but, don't. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, that's it's just a part of it. It's a dream video world, game. Right? Yeah, Mario Brothers we 2. have to take some video game liberties, but that's okay. Yeah, you're in um, Subcon. You're in a uh, Springcon, Springfield, Dreamworld. Uh, that's how that's getting done. So you can play that uh, if you want. Mod mod that into your uh, Super Mario Brothers two game. I know I will be. <laughs> Um, but Kevin, really, I wanted to, to know what was, what was up with you, what you've been getting up to and, and what I'm hearing on the grapevine is, uh, a, a lot of bespoke words about the movie Cats. 
I'm afraid. So I I didn't know much about cats until recently. Like just the whole the whole con- the whole like Yeah, I n- I'd never seen cats until or really or like listened to cats really before a couple of weeks ago. I knew the basic pop culture things you know about cats um which is the poster uh you know the costumes and I guess the song memory. Those are things that that you kind of just pick up. Um and then I learned about the rest of it. So we watched we watched the 2019 movie, um, and then went back and watched the uh, the 1998 like film recording of this of the show, uh, and then did that again with Andrew Lloyd Webber's commentary over it, um, which was mostly just him. Um, bagging out the movie, saying that the movie sucked. <laughs> just Andrew Lloyd Webber just sitting there talking hot trash about the new Cats like movie I was ex- for fun. I was expecting to learn a lot of, like, little, like, secrets and stuff about Cats, but mostly... Uh, well, I was expecting to gain an insight into Andrew Lloyd Webber as a person, but I, I didn't really. All I really gathered about him from watching that commentary is that he is the old man. I mean, his cat, his cat just died, and 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 now he has to do. What what was the what was the fucking proposition? Did he have to make a deal with himself that if his cat died, he had to do a cat's commentary? <laughs> I don't know. He she his cat unfortunately got run over, and apparently that's very that sad. inspired Rest in peace, him. Andrew Lloyd Webber's cat. Yeah, apparently that's what inspired him to do the commentary. It was already going to be, like they're doing a thing now because of uh the pandemic where like every week they were uploading like a show a broadway show to youtube but it was only available for two days or something and then this one was cats and then he talked about it um i so what did you think when you watched the movie so here's here's my experience on new year's eve I got together with a few of my friends. We all got into my house before the uh, the dark times here, and we uh, put on the TV a uh, cam ripped version <laughs> of the movie Cats, and uh, it was uh, it was pre patch, so there were uh, human hands in oh, the film. Oh no. Which is very, uh, not nice. I noticed that when and, I was uh, watching it too. Like, they, they'd obviously tried to go in and change as much as they could, but it was kind of a crapshoot on it, any given shot, whether they had cat, like, feet or human feet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it, it was... So, oh man, the effects are their own fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. I remember when they first brought up the movie, they were like, yep, the whole thing is uh, 3D rendered, it's CGI, and it's it's 3D, and uh, yeah, everyone's being processed by, through a computer here, but when you look at it, it just kind of looks like they put like a whole bunch of uh, fur textures over like the, the framing of the screen onto the people or something. Yeah, because it that's looks- what happened. He didn't. The, he didn't want them to do motion capture suits because he wanted them to be unencumbered, and so the the visual effects people had to manually rotoscope on the fur in every shot, and that's why you can see all these 
weird little mistakes because they were under they were under the hammer as well to get it done. Uh, yeah, especially like in the face, like it, it keeps like shifting and and that sort of it never really stays consistent. I don't blame the visual effects department for that at all. This is more just shoddy filmmaking at, at, from like the very upfront of uh, production. I think that it, I think that it probably looked better than, than it would if it was motion captured because I don't know what it is mm. about motion capture but it always looks so weird check this out what if they were just wearing the fucking cool costumes from the musical yeah you're I right that would be you're fun. right it, that, it doesn't need to I guess yeah. it was like you'd have to get them in makeup for a long time well, sure, but just take out the fucking middleman. Yeah, like we don't we don't need the CG monster in there. Just uh, just ruining everybody's day and making everybody overwork. Use that for better movies like Sonic the Hedgehog or Hop. That's another thing about the movie. Why it it opens up with like a like a little nightmares kind of giant person <laughs> dropping <laughs> off our, our like main character cat, and that's just not. Like, in the stage show, it kind of, there's a big, like, revolving stage and stuff, and it's all, it's all so crazy, and it kind of, in that, in that way, it is able to kind of transport you into another world where you accept that these, these people are, are kind of, are cats, and it's, it's not, it's not like that literal, I guess, but having that giant human in the first scene of Cats 2019 <laughs> really sets it off on like a weird it's on a weird thing because having that character means you can't really it, people already exist so then why are the cats mm. like the people and then why are they at such a strange scale uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's strange. Uh, you, you know the the song Judy Gent sings at the end. Yeah, cat's a marvelous thing. It's a wonderful <laughs> little thing. Um, that I was, I felt like I was dreaming during that part. Yeah, it goes she, on like, for just... so long. <laughs> and like all the characters just standing in the background, like looking <laughs> around, just not having any stage direction. Um, uh, anyway, let's go from the start though. I, I wanna, I just wanna say like the whole experience of watching this movie kind of felt like a dream to me. I don't know if if you uh, if you experienced this, Kevin. It is a but, lot uh, like a dream, and uh, in it helps that all the like the fur and the faces are like shifting around, like it's a scanner yeah, darkly or something. <laughs> I think that one of the reasons it feels like that though is that scenes don't really start or end mm. they just they just sort of ha- keep happening to you the viewer it's like uh, i one when i was studying in film class one of the conceptions of film is that like oh it's it's, it's just a se- it's it's a sequence of scenes and if you it's it's like a beads on a pearl necklace you got to put them all together in the right sequence and then once you have that sequence you got a movie Here, there's no this is like the most fucked up necklace. There's no like, it's one it's a, long it's just a, bead yeah, it's a big sausage the whole thing. Packed yeah, with cats. Like it's just, scenes just fade into each other. Songs fade into each other and blur into each other. It's like, oh, I guess we're in a train yard now. Like, where are we? <laughs> There's no like spatial understanding of of anything of space or time. It's it's just always shifting, always ephemeral. Um, 
uh, almost produces a kind of hor- a, a sort of horrible Zen state, which I know is a bit of a contradiction, but it really makes sense in this this film if you do see it. The whole the whole concept of the movie is so strange because they got that director who did the movie for Les Misérables. Yes. And it's like, you can't... (laughs) The strengths of that film and (laughs) going for, like, ultra-realism and making everyone sing their songs and stuff, like, it kind of, you know, you can like that movie or you cannot like it, but I think that kind of worked. But it was never going to work for Cats. Cats is not Not about being realistic at all. Yes, I've just realised exactly what you mean. I haven't seen Le Mis, but just the idea that a production company would be like, ah, yes, a musical. Let's just get a musical director. Yeah. Um, and they done this completely different they production. They won, like, I think... they, I think Anna Hathaway got an Oscar for doing the big song or something. And so uh-huh. I think that their plan was... <laughs> I think that their concept that they thought they were going to be able to do was... Oh, we'll get the guy who did Les Mis, and we'll make it like an Oscar-worthy movie by making it super realistic, just like Les mm-hmm. Mis. It's very strange. Yes, it was very realistic um, when um, uh, that that woman was was smashing the table upside down and eating all those little cockroach marching people. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel Wilson, remember? She was uh, doing the whole song and dance and she did the little marching fucking dudes. That was so uh, so feverish. It was very upsetting for the cats yeah. to be eating smaller people dressed up as other animals. Yeah. It's and really totally weird. unnecessary. That, it's uncalled for, 100%. I don't need that kind of shit. Like, it's almost as if... It's almost as if you wouldn't put it in unless you had a fetish for it. That's that's kind mm. of where it, that's that's the level that it feels like it's at. Yeah, and like the it's just it's just so disorienting, especially in that scene. The way the camera is just like spinning around <laughs> constantly all over the fucking shop. Like they're, they're so they're trying to be so technical and like there's so much going on, but it it just comes off as noise. Uh, it's a very weird movie. And also, I, I thought after watching it, I was kind of like, maybe Cats just kind of sucks. But then after, I, I did watch some uh, clips from the 1998 uh, uh, filmed musical version. I was like, no, this, th- these songs are really good, and this production looks great, and I think it's very cool. Yeah, I think that's... I enjoy it a lot now, and it's mostly because the songs are very good, and... It's all it's all very memorable. There's lots of you can sing along with it even when it's not stuff that's the songs just like the overture and stuff. It reminds me of kind of the Star Wars score in that way. There's lots of little little bits to um to hold on to. Uh but there's another thing you can hold on to in the 2019 version is the new character Protagonist Cat who is uh basically <laughs> like a female version of the main character of the Ghostbusters video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, she was just nothing, nothing to say or do. Yeah, it's a, just a, it was a, just a dance solo near the start in the stage show, and it's yeah, they tried to just kind of put a story on it that it didn't need because in the stage show, a lot of the time they're just talking straight to you, the audience, um, and they decided 
again, because of trying to make it like a realistic movie that they weren't going to do that. So they instead had this character who was like the stand-in for the audience to learn everything. But then at the end, Judy Dench just talks to the camera for five minutes anyway. So what was the point? It was to build up your trust so that <laughs> when that moment happens, it really upsets really, you. Really, <laughs> really shake you up. And it did. It worked out. Also, uh, one of the best things about watching this movie uh, was that it was a cam rip because it meant that there was like a... Uh, some scrolling like uh, German text down the screen <laughs> the whole time. Like it was, it was like this hyperlink, and it made the movie f- super more fun to watch because it would very slowly uh, make its way all the way down the screen, like over a forty-minute period, <laughs> and then every once in a while. For no reason, uh, a, pina- a, a pinata like clip art would come on the screen, and and uh, it would smash open, and then all these offers for different products would come out <laughs> as the movie was happening. That's good, and it was really good. I felt like I felt like I was taking a break. Um, <laughs> it was refreshing, I would say, that the version of Cats. Maybe it was post patch. I don't know. Um, but that's that's cats for me. I don't know if you have any any more to talk about uh, the great deal. We have one question at Moosey McMahon from uh, Twitter. If we want to get quickly yes. into questions, they said, uh, "Why why did you do this, Kevin? Why did why? I do this? Would do what? Yeah, why? This is a video game podcast. Why are we talking about cats right now? Because it's important. True words haven't been spoken, people. Cats is an important movie, and I hope one day they make a cats video game so we can really tie this all in together. I hope we can make it." One day. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webby, let's make that a let's reality. Let's make it happen. Let's, let's get that Cats visual novel you've always wanted to make out there for the people. Um, let's talk about headline news, huh? What do yeah. you reckon? I love headline news. Oh my news. god. Well, guess what? I've got a new jingle. Okay, good. Um, and I think, I think uh, I've addressed your concerns about last time you were worried that people wouldn't understand... That it was going to be about news and the headline news, so I think I've made an arrangement. So far, the same. Yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> uh, welcome. Welcome to headline news, everybody. What are the explosions? Um, unfortunately, uh, we're the bearer of bad news today on headline news. I hope you're sitting down at home. Austin Powers has been killed, um, in a horrible accident. I, I he, I don't know. He must have explo- uh, got shot by an explosion. In all my career, in all my career, I never thought I'd report this story. Um. <laughs> What I visualize Oof. is that he 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 said yeah baby and a, a missile was coming and a mis- the missile hit him and then the second explosion was just us seeing a different camera angle of that same explosion. <laughs> uh, Austin Powers uh, was found eviscerated in in the middle of a a a, a, a bomb testing facility and. <laughs> My God, was it a, a horrible catastrophe? May he rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna miss. Oh, you miss him. I'm gonna miss the guy. I've only got one thing to say, and that's no, baby, no. I can't have this. 
This is too tragic. Galston can't be dead. I don't think he. I don't think he can be. I don't think like if you, you think he lives. I think he. I think he did. I think it's in. I think like Bugs Bunny. I don't think it's in. I don't think it's in. Austin's <laughs> nature think... to to die. <laughs> you don't think Austin Powers would be would be killed by a, a giant explosion in a bomb testing facility? No, I think that the smoke would clear and he would have like smoke all over his face and his hair would be sticking up. I think. Here's what I think it would be. He'd ha- he'd have his clothes would be all on the floor like he's evaporated, and then the camera pans up and he's like, Nate's penis, and he's like, oh oh, it took off me clothes. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, so hopefully he's not dead. That's the case. Um, thank you everyone for joining me in this bit. Uh, <laughs> it took a lot of dedication from us all. Uh, let's let's get into some some challenging news. What do you say, Kevin? Headline news, yes. Headline news. Uh, there's a new Paper Mario. That's uh, there was a trailer for it. Have you seen it, Kevin? I have. It's origami themed. Yeah, origami thing, and it's the origami king. Paper Mario and the origami king. It's gonna be on the Nintendo Switch, and it's got a big origami thing. You're right. I I just watched the trailer just before this. And it seems like there are characters that are origami, and it seems like a Paper Mario game. I can't even make heads or tails just yet if it would be like, um, sort of in that new format from the uh, Color Splash and the Sticker Star, or if it'd kind of be a more of that RPG that that people seem to be wanting more of, the kind of Thousand Year Door thing. Um, it seems I can't I can't really tell I can't really tell what combat is. There's that like game. There's there's a thing where there's like characters that are around Mario in like a circle, and you can kind of shift them around to try and hit as many as you can. Is that just what the combat is? I think that I think that might be the combat. It takes place in this interesting mm. grid. Um, yeah. So yeah, who knows what that's gonna be like? I don't know. I didn't play the, the paint splash. Yeah, one. me neither. I played the 3DS one, which was which was weird as well. Yeah, I did. I played the 3DS one a little bit. I think we played the same copy. I think I might have sent it to you, but uh, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's fuck. It's it's they kind of just uh turned it into a little bit of a puzzle platformer more so than it was yeah. uh, an RPG. They got kind of turned into something else. Yeah. With a bunch of weird mini games and stuff. I yeah. think the one thing you can expect from these kind of, like, Paper Mario and uh, the Mario and Luigi games, rest in peace, Alpha Dream, of course, rest in power. <laughs> um, rest in power. Um, is uh, some very funny writing. So I'm sure we'll get that at the very least. Mm. And some very c- cute, pretty uh, graphics of all this paper stuff going on. Those games have, have looked good. I think Color Splash even looked really great from what I saw of it. Yeah, um, I think visually they're, they're good, but... Um, they're always on top. Yeah, they seem to be lacking in terms of the actual gameplay people want. Yeah, well, let's hope this fucking spherical <laughs> thing they're going for here I works. I think it'll end up being some sort of thing where it's, like, split the difference. It's not going to get all the way to what, you know, the people who like Thousand Year Door want, but yeah. it'll, go a, it'll go a little bit closer, probably. Just a, one, a tiny a tiny inch closer to let them know that they're, 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 they're sort of listening. They're thinking <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um... So that's New Paper Mario. You should check out the trailer. Uh, and Kevin, you said you checked out a trailer for PS5 uh, Unreal footage. I did. I watched the I watched the Unreal demo. <clears throat> they talked a lot about triangles and how many millions of triangles it was doing. 
and how you can just like import in film film assets and it looking at the video like it looked nice but it looked basically the same as the games that we have now <laughs> like we already have realistic yeah well we have like it didn't look that much better than um Jedi Fallen Order which i guess is the most recent one i've played Mm-hmm. And it's it's this, it's the same kind of game as well. It's weird because they also they put in one of those in the demo they put in one of those parts where a dude's got to squeeze through a gap, which in in that their normal context in like Uncharted or uh, Fallen Order those are to disguise loading yeah, seams. Yeah, those are very. But then those are easy to they do. yeah they put that in that in the video, and then later on they're like, oh no, that was not to hide a loading. So then it's like, why why put it in? Just to make it look <laughs> like a video game? Is that what happens in video games now? Dude, squeeze through a thing. I mean, it is, it's like, it's visually interesting, and I guess it kind of tells a story, but it's not, it's not much of a game there to just hold forward and squeeze through a thing. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is, like, live ray tracing and stuff, um, which I guess will make lighting better but at the same time it's like you can only really tell it if the like when the light source moves around i mean i guess you can see it because like in this in this demo they have like sunlight coming down through a like a hole into a cave and you can see all the light reflected around right um it looks it looks pretty but is i don't know it doesn't really mean anything for games right it's Mm. it's gonna be your game is going to look a little bit more like a movie, yeah. But um, if they don't change what the games are like, then it's just gonna, it's just gonna be the same stuff, just looking a little different. I'm watching some <laughs> gameplay here, Kevin, and I saw the little gap you were talking about, and that did look a lot like a loading screen. And this whole thing just looks a lot like Tomb Raider right now. Um, yeah, well, that's I understand why they would do that because if the point of it is to show this is what your next gen games are going to look like, those are the games sure. that people are thinking about. Yeah, and it's it's just a, to show off the the software. You got all these rocks and stuff like that. I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say, Kevin, is that uh, I think where graphics are at now, I'm pretty content with, and I probably won't ever tell the difference ever again. No. And, uh, Who cares anymore? Yeah, it's just sort of bring us back a, PS, a PS3 demo where they um, a tech demo where they put a bunch of rubber, rubber ducks, ducks in a bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was some impressive shit. That made that's, my eyes pop out. That was bending. great. Yeah, yeah. Have have 128 Mario's running around on a cube. Uh huh. Do you remember the Wii U one where they showed some like a uh, little video of some like hummingbirds in a in a Japanese lake? No, a, I don't. I don't remember that. It was one. a little beautiful Pixar short, and it was. It was. It made you think that the Wii U was going to be the 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 graphical powerhouse to, to <laughs> hit you across the head, but it, ooh, oh, it was not that. Not quite Nintendo, but that's okay. Um, PS Five coming soon. Get all the games for it. Uh, can you give me some uh, launch titles for the PS Five, Kevin? Nothing announced just yet, but do you think you can tease something for us? Yeah, he's. I can. I can. I have an uncle who works at Sony, so I can. Mm-hmm. I can reveal some of this. Uh, yes. We're going to get Parappa the Rapper reimagined. Um, so the the kind of paper thin Parappa that's done. That's a thing of the past. We're going to see. He's going to be a photorealistic dog with mm-hmm. a beanie. 
and it's un it's uncharted. It's, yes, we're bringing him. We're bringing him to a whole new generation, a whole new generation of fans. Um, and you know, some of some of those things, some of the things about the character, you know, maybe weren't they weren't where you know the market is right now. So some of that stuff had to get shaken up. But we're mm. going to get Parappa the Rapper. That's launch day. That's that's number one. We're going to have Ridge Racer. Uh, we're going to have. Um. <laughs> now here's while you're thinking of something. Here's another interesting fact about that new Parappa the Rapper game. It's yes. going to, ah, uh, as well as uh, you know, hu- realistic actors. They're all going to be acted by uh, real guild actors. Of course, Parappa. <laughs> uh, who will be taking the role of Parappa? None other than Daniel Day Lewis in a mocap suit, pretending to be a dog, sniffing around, dancing, hip hopping. Um, that's what the kids want to see. Yes. So that's the PS5. Um, I think I'm going to skip this next news story, Kevin, because I want to get a move on. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the games you're playing. What what stuff has been uh, tickling your attention at the moment? I've been playing... I played uh, Catastronauts, which was... It's a game that's like... It's like Overcooked, but instead of making food, you're on a spaceship... Okay. And you have to do spaceship stuff like load missiles into guns and and like repair different things that get hit. Um and it's it's good. It basically is literally just overcooked to bite spaceships. Yes, so I'm I'm looking at it right now and uh it has like it has like levels. So like each level is a new spaceship that has like a new a new little wrinkle for you to figure out. There's fun stuff where it's like um, normally you have fire extinguishers. Some, sometimes you get hit by an enemy ship. You're always fighting an enemy ship. Um, so you're trying to keep your ship alive for as long as you can and keep using the weapons to try and destroy the other one. So there's not, it's not much of a kind of strategy thing. You're just always trying to spin all, keep all your plates spinning, keep your, keep your ship alive. Um... And sometimes they things start fires, and you have to put them out with a fire extinguisher. Um, and there's a fun level where there's no fire extinguishers, so to to turn to get to remove the fires, you have to open the airlock to suck all the oxygen out. Uh-huh. But then if if your friends are in the wrong room, then they all they get sucked out the airlock as well. Uh-huh. And that was a fun one. Um, there was a couple of times where, by accident. Um, we all just got sucked out into space. <laughs> um, it's a good game. It's maybe a little bit not as polished as um, Overcooked, as Overcooked, but it's it's still it's still pretty good. I can't tell. I don't think it's by the same people, but yeah, it's basically the exact same thing. I played mm. about an hour of it. It it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, I think the Overcooked um, people just made like Moving Out or something like that. Some 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 game that was about like a uh, moving house or I, I believe that was the same. Yeah, it seems so... like there's a few games about moving house coming out at the moment. I'm not exactly sure why. I think there was a, like I think there was like a one a game jam recently where the theme was something, and a lot of people made one that was about moving furniture, and then some of them got uh, made into games. full games. I guess. Yeah, that's that's very cool start a new trend on the market house game um Hugh Laurie um, uh, starring games <laughs> that's also house the game that's also coming to PS5 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've played Slayin Two. So do you know? Do you know this one? Have you played the original no, Slayin? I know. Is Slayin that was kind of like a, a pixel platformer kind of game? Yeah, it was. A, it was a phone game. You just kind of move left and right, and you you have a you're like a knight. You hold your sword out in front, and you kill enemies just by walking into them. You try and keep a keep a high combo. Um, and then, yeah, years later, they've brought out Slayin' 2. It's on uh, Switch is where I've been playing it. And it's good. It's pretty much the same... It's the same basic thing. You're trying to hit enemies as, as fast as you can. Um, but there's kind of two layers. Uh, so there's your kind of front layer and a behind layer. And so you can kind of swap. You have a button to kind of jump between the two things. So you've got kind of two things to keep an eye on instead of just one. Um, which also makes it good for, like, uh, as a... It has co-op as well, so... And that works well with that, because you can kind of be like, okay, well, one person take the front, one one person take the back, and then you swap over when you're trying to, like, put keys into chests that need keys and stuff. Mm. Um, and it also has... Like, the original one had different weapons and stuff, but this one also has different weapons, um, but they give you lots of kind of different special moves. So every... Every weapon has a different uh, special move for when you're on the ground and also when you're in the air, when you charge that up by um, killing enemies. And then once you... You can also have a different... <laughs> there's also, if you have, like, full bar, you can shoot another thing that gets you lots of treasure. Uh, and you use all your treasure to buy new guys and upgrade your weapons and unlock new zones and stuff, and it's all very good. Mm. It's pretty simple... Um, but I've been finding it enjoyable. It gets kind of, as it goes on, it gets, they put in lots of things that are hard in kind of a not, not that fun way. (laughs) Like these, I just played a level where there's these like fire slimes when, when they die, something like jump, they throw like a coal up in the air that comes down and like hit me a lot. I don't know. I like slaying too. Um, and the last one I want to talk about is a, a Sega arcade game from 1981. It's called Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. <laughs> Not uh, the yeah. 40 Thieves. I just wanted you to thieves. talk about this. This is... So I was recently looking through a bunch of um, Pac-Man clones on YouTube. For the 40th because... anniversary. Is that coming up? Oh, I yeah. thought that already happened. I think it, I think it just happened to kind of get ideas and see what other people had done with the kind of Pac-Man formula for uh, Getaway Grand Prix. And I found some wild games. Um, But one of the ones that was actually kind of a decent um, kind of twist and was different from Pac-Man was this Alibaba and 40 Thieves. Now, I I can find, like... basically no information on the internet about this game Uh um it's kind of a miracle that we even have it i guess because if if someone hadn't it it was not a popular game and if someone hadn't hadn't ripped their rom i guess we just wouldn't have it um but i think it i think it is actually like a they would do this sometimes i think it was a board that you could like um alter a pac-man cabinet so it would have i think you would have a pac-man cabinet and then you could turn it into an alibaba cabinet. like with a switch 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how any of that stuff works, but I think that's that was the idea. Because mm. I mean, you would, I guess, at the height of Pac-Man fever, an arcade would have a lot of uh, Pac-Man machines, and then eventually, as that died down, you still have a bunch of Pac-Man machines, but people don't want to play Pac-Man. Yeah. Not as many people want to play Pac-Man, so you want to change those into some other games. Um, anyway. Alibaba and the thirty th- and the forty th- and forty thieves mm-hmm. is you are Alibaba who is a a yellow circle like a Pac-Man, although he does have a a nice hat and he has an angry face and he has a fist that's constantly pounding the ground. <laughs> so you know he you know that he means business. He's ready to punch some of these thieves. Yeah, Alibaba isn't messing around here. I. Something that confuses me is I always thought that Alibaba was, like, the leader of the thieves, but in this one, you are definitely fighting the thieves. Mm, they're antagonizing you. Yeah. So, it's similar to Pac-Man in that you have a maze, and you have your guy, you're going around the maze, and you're fighting for other guys. Uh, there's, But instead of, like, collecting power pellets... You have a bunch of gold bags down the bottom, and these thieves come down through the maze, pick up your bags of cash, and try and take it back to the top. So if they get all of your bags, uh, you lose. So you're trying to hit them, hit these thieves as they come through. Um, You can just walk into them to hit them, and also when they're carrying the money. And there's also the captain thief, who is a, a, a pretty intimidating giant red tooth kind of face uh-huh. uh, who chases you around to kind of put the pressure on you and then you have some different um, power-ups that you can get. One of them just makes you go faster which is very useful for tracking down all those thieves. Um, and what else happens? There's open sesame which opens the top, it opens the thieves den so you can get in and get one of your money bags back. Wow! And is that place guarded? So normally you can't get in because there's doors that are, you can't go through. Uh-huh. So you get this power up that says open sesame and it removes those doors so you can go up. No, but is is it are, are there enemies around the area to make it difficult to get your money back? No, not other no. than usually usually you're down the bottom so w- you have kind of a limited time for Open Sesame to get up there and get your bag back, which is what makes that kind of tense, I guess. Um, and then another thing that can happen is you can turn extra big. So instead of instead of being like one tile, you're a four tiles big Alibaba, and it removes the maze. Whoa. <laughs> and so it's just you have to try and... It's just you turn giant and the maze is gone and you're just trying to squash as many thieves as you can Mm. and the captain thief kind of gets scared and tries to run away and then another thing that can happen is uh captain thief gets big instead which um the first time i was looking at this game i'd only gotten the you get big ability and seeing for the first time captain thief turn big was a a huge betrayal (laughs) Uh-huh. I was not expecting the game to throw that at me. Um, <laughs> Upsetting. But, um, I think that it's a pretty good game for... Pre- I think that 
what it managed to do was to turn Pac-Man into a a, a meaningfully different game because a lot of these Pac-Man clones I was looking at are basically just Pac-Man. Uh-huh. Um So yeah, that's what I have to think about that. I don't know if I don't know who has the rights for it. I don't know if, if like the story of Alibaba is public domain. What I want to remake this game is what I want to do. So I don't know. We gotta gotta contact Sega. We yeah, gotta get talk. those let's get those hot Sega. rights. Yeah. Um, but get yeah, those I don't know if that's. I have got no idea what because like apparently no one's ever really played it, so it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't exist, and you've just this is like a curse. Maybe game. I've just dreamed it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's all the games I want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and only cursed games from Kevin Stott. Yeah. Um. Okay. First off, because I didn't get there goes the motorbike vroom vroom because I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, Streets of Rage Four came mm-hmm. out at the end of last month, I believe. Oh, or maybe what was it? Was it that early? What? Fuck. Yeah, something like that. Um, and you can play it. It's the fourth Streets of Rage game, first one to come out in like twenty years. Um, have you ever played any of the uh, Streets of Rage, Kevin? Not that I could distinguish it from any other beat 'em up. I see. Well, he- here are the distinguishing factors of all the Streets of Rage games. You have um, some little tough characters to choose, and you're in a str- you're in streets, and you got to fight all these men. Um, Sort of in a kind of warriors fashion, they'll be in different like factions, like motorbike helmet wearing people or, or just street thugs. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of cool music, um, a lot of a lot of like funky beats that are playing, and that, and that's and that's pretty much the whole core conceit. And so Lizard Cube went in there with Streets of Rage Four, got their little hands dirty after making um Monster Monster Boy ah, World. That makes sense. There's another game for them to do. Yeah, um, and, and and it's a cool like expansion of that like you know they did like just a a, a remake, a prettied up a, a big remake of Wonder Boy for that one, and now they're getting the chance to make an original game in that style, which I think is a really cool conceit. Yeah, um, that makes sense as the kind of next step, next thing for them to do. Totally, um, and it really shows. Uh, it's uh, I'm glad that on their on this original game, their first like I think proper original game. It's it. it feels great uh it's so snappy and feels just like streets of rage even if it's got this pretty very super uh stylish art style um i remember when i was first playing it i got i felt like you did when you were playing that uh scott pilgrim vs the world game when you bought it on the ps3 for the first time kevin you messaged me on facebook and said it was the best game that you'd ever played um that, that and, is true. I did say I do not stand by that, but I do did say it. You this is I, I know obviously I don't think you I don't think anyone would, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that you were excited and I understand and I was excited about Streets of Rage Four. I don't think it's the best game of all time. I'm going to say that right now, but I do think it's probably up, up there as one of the the more fun uh, like polished uh, beat 'em up experiences. Um, because a lot of those games can kind of, especially the early ones, are just super grueling at, at a certain yeah. point. And this one is too, but the like I've just been playing it so much um, that I get a good idea on, on what I'm meant to be doing. 
Um, like you, you've got all sorts of functions you can do. You can grab guys and throw them around. You can punch them in the head. You can kick them and jump around. All of the characters that you can play as do some incredibly different stuff. Um, there's a girl named Cherry who has an electric guitar and she's the only character that can run and she can power slide with a guitar all over the place and jump and latch onto people's faces. And uh, also uh, do like aerial combos by, by uh, like hopping on dudes' heads over and over. If you're just jumping on top of their heads, you can eliminate all the dudes like that. It's a big uh, uh, cyborg man with robot arms and he's the only character that can pick up uh, enemies and still move around uh, unencumbered. Um, there's just a, all the characters feel super strong and satisfying to use for uh, completely different reasons, which are makes it also two, are those two characters n- new or have they been those two characters are others? new, uh, but they okay. do have the uh, two original returning characters from Streets of Rage, uh, Axel and Blaze, who play okay. pretty similarly to the, how they do in the original games. With uh, everyone has a few new features, like you can do kind of like a um double tap forward and uh, punch to do like a, a little special uh, diving forward attack that um, does a lot of damage and also you can um, punch with a different button to do like a heavy hit that'll uh, break through enemy guards but uh, mm. the thing about them is uh, it'll uh, decrease your health a little bit and you can only get that health back by punching enemies um, the, uh, the health that you lose by using this special attack so it's kind yeah. of a risk-reward sort of thing there if you want to do some extra damage to bosses and that sort of thing. But uh, it's it's just it just feels great. It, you, you're running through it. You like going through every level. After, even if you play it a million times, it's really fun and challenging. There's a bunch of different difficulty modes. and It's an arcade mode and a co-op online mode and a, a, a boss rush, probably. There's all... You, you, can, you can Streets of Rage all day. There's so many great bosses and environments and enemies, and I, I just thought I, I just had a great time of it. I played, I've ended up playing through it like five times now. I'm, I just keep uh, wow. beating it at higher difficulties. Right now I'm on hardest, so we'll see how far I can get there. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to try it more in um, in co-op because that, that uh, I haven't tried the online too much yet, and I want to see if that that runs well. So that's something to mm. see. Streets of Rage uh, 4, everybody. Um, I've been playing one other thing, and uh, we've talked about it a little bit before, and I really don't know how I'm supposed to talk about it now, because we beat it. Uh, Me and Ajay beat Resident Evil Code Veronica. Um, If you remember last time on the podcast, we were both feeling a little bit down on it. Um, It's a very pretty game, uh, with a lot of cool technical things about it. But uh, the horror part and the game part is is sort of uh, wearing out its welcome. Very traditionally Resident Evil, just running through sort of boring lab areas. And uh, when last we left, uh, Claire and her uh, not-boyfriend, Steve, have gone off to Antarctica after spending half the game in a uh, sort of prison base, which is sort of a drab, boring area to start off in. Um, You're just kind of running around this, this, this island all these grey corridors. Then uh, you go to Antarctica, think stuff's going to get super interesting, and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, a lot of corridors that are, uh, they're all, it's, it's just frozen over. So <laughs> you, you deal with that, and uh, you, uh, you go through that whole area for half the game, and you're like, alright, well now we're near the end of the game, that was pretty boring. Um, 
Uh, oh no, Claire, some cliffhanger, Claire and Steve are in trouble, the big uh, tentacle monster woman who's uh, started all this business um, in this silly story is, uh, has, has knocked him out in Antarctica. Well, it's time to play as Chris. And you know, you want to know, you want to know where Chris starts the game, Kevin? Back at the start. He backs. He starts the game back at the start, back <laughs> at the 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 prison island. So you go from where you started the game as as Claire, retreading through all these areas that are now more annoying because there's more zombies, and it's not exciting because you've seen everything before, literally. Do you have um, to like redo puzzles and stuff, or are you just no? It's it's not like that mean. Quick, the puzzles are zoom through. Yeah, the puzzles are already done by Claire. It's just that uh, you're going through... You might access a few new areas here and there, but that also inadvertently um, means just a lot of backtracking to different environments, being like, where have I been? Where have I not been? Um, what What's going on here? Because it's, it's just a lot... So much retreading all yeah. over the place. Um, and then uh, Chris... Uh, finds himself a little airplane and <laughs> just he flies to Antarctica like it's nothing. It's like a five second <laughs> sequence. He's like, I'm going. He f- f- takes the plane, flies to Antarctica, and then uh, you are going through the Antarctica base as you were as Claire, uh, but now with Chris and more zombies. And that makes me unhappy because it's <laughs> it's just so uh, wildly direly dull um, to, mm. to get through um, and it, it's got so many weird decisions along the way too like pretty much every boss except for the one halfway through the game that was oh, terrible but every boss uh, except for that boss every boss is uh, you can just kind of leave the room <laughs> like <laughs> wow really so yeah you can this is a, actually a mainstay in some resident evils like uh, in the first game there's a big snake boss that you don't actually have to fight you can kind of just grab an item that you need for a puzzle in the room and leave uh-huh. but uh and that's sort of the case here as well but it's not like just like a one-off thing if you really need to run like run away from a boss and don't have any ammo you can this is like every boss it's like there's a big giant fish monster swimming around in the water. Oh no, how are you going to kill him? It doesn't matter. You can just leave. You can just go. It doesn't even really hit you that much. You can just take the item that you need and go. And then it's like, oh no, there's a big spider. What are you going to do? It's going to, oh, oh, it's shooting venom. Oh, well, you can just go. It's okay. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't know what their, their angle is with this shit. Like, if they're going for like, oh, the, this has to be a survival horror experience right now. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what they did. I think they just chose that it was going to be a survival horror over being like entertaining. It's showing that um, the the, uh, the the animals are more uh, terrifying uh, terrified of you than you are of them. Um, <laughs> now, look, I, I don't I don't think. But it's not, because in all those environments, it is super, super easy and effortless to just get what you need and get out of there. And they, mm. the enemies don't follow you past that point. It's just like, okay, that, we're done with that encounter. Um, and, I don't know. The, it, the story, it is a bummer. It, it was a super bummer, especially... Um, I think I saw it coming as in terms of, like, Resident Evil 3 started to get rote with like uh, just doing kind of the regular action and, and going through the motions with the puzzles and that sort of thing 
and here they're, they're just sort of going for the same thing. I think what what I've learned the most and what Ajay seemed to infer as well is that I think they really needed Resident Evil 4, <laughs> like 100%. <laughs> like, with the how uh, stilted those old games are, how sort of bad they feel to control. Like, uh, the, the dynamic camera angles in this PS2 one are cool to look at, but they're super bad for gameplay because it's just continually obfuscating your view with, with uh, yeah. pillars and foreground stuff in the background and in the foreground, and it's, it's just nasty. It, it doesn't really prioritize the player experience over uh it looking looking more like a horror movie kind of thing um uh wesker does some silly stuff his eyes started glowing in this one that's an exciting development that's that's all that happens in the story for this one they go to a prison island and they go to a, a an antarctica base and uh basically all that happens is that wesker grew magic powers um, is that was what we've learned. So we'll see what happens next in uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, we're not going to play Resident Evil 0, though. I'm afraid. <laughs> I think I think we've moved past the uh, the tank control games. I'm afraid. What even is that one? <laughs> Do you, oh, you don't remember that? There's um, so many, I can't keep them straight. Kevin, uh, I remember this game very well because it's the game that you betrayed my trust with. Now, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Okay. You were uh, visiting Sydney, and uh, we went to the store. We went to Bankstown to uh, go to EB Games, and I I was looking for uh, the game Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, and uh, we went in there and uh, we're looking around. I got Jew on the Grudge, of course. Remember that classic game? And uh, I saw Resident Evil Zero, and I was like, Is this the game that I was thinking of? Uh, the, the light gun Resident Evil game, because we wanted to play the, the light gun one. Um, mm, the light one one is good. Yeah. And then you said, yes it is. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I bought Resident Evil Zero, both very excited to get home, and then we pop it in, and it's, uh, it's just one of those... It's sort of another retread of Resident Evil, like Code Veronica, um, but it was on like the GameCube and Wii and stuff. Um, just tank controls, and it was very boring. You were in a train, mm. and it was yeah, a prequel. Yeah, I remember the train. Yeah, so there was nothing very interesting happening. Drew on the Grudge is great, though. If you had a second controller, you could scare people by making a scary hand come up on the screen. Scary hand, make, like, bugs go around. Ooh! What this, a silly game. That, <laughs> that game was very broken. Um, <laughs> the cover art's good, though. Very, very good. So that's all the games I've been playing. Let's uh, move right into... The Game Club. Game Club, Club of the Week. Hi everybody, it's Game Club. Today we played Never Stop Sneaking. It's a game by Humble Hearts. It was on Steam. You can buy it on Nintendo Switch, on all those different consoles. It's uh, got that retro PS1 Metal Gear Solid look. Um, sort of a parody of that, I guess. And uh, it's a super simplified Metal Gear Solid game as well. I think the only control you really use in gameplay is the analog stick. Did you, uh, play, yeah, you end up playing much, Kevin? It. Yeah, I did. I did actually play a lot of it. Um, it's great. It's good. It's a very, it's a very kind of simplified and streamlined. It's, it's like they took um, Metal Gear. And like geometry warsified it. 
it's all about waiting for the right time to avoid all of the kind of search cones and the security cameras and hitting all the dudes. It's good. Yeah, because the I think the only thing that controls your combo meter is killing dudes. Yeah. So you want to be doing try and maybe try and do that up front so you have the highest combo you can so that you can access all the computers and get out of there with the biggest score. Um but let's let's go from the start. You are a Metal Gear stealth man. There's a bunch of dudes, uh, guards in this facility with uh, stealth vision cones around them. It's got some silly story. There's a dude who wants to be president, and he kidnapped all the presidents or something. Um, you have to sort of try and stealth around their vision cones and hit them from behind to attack them and get that combo meter up. You only use the joystick to do that. So you're basically just automatically killing dudes, hacking computers, opening doors. And all that kind of thing. So you want to be constantly just uh, murking guys constantly as you're moving, going throughout yeah. the level uh, and uh, keeping keeping up a kind of flow to your 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 sneaking and your heisting. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that part, it, all of it, really works pretty well. I think the only thing I'm a little bit, I was a little bit dicey on the first time I played it and playing it this time too is that it seems like the skill ceiling isn't super super high, like. I think at a certain point you can just kind of uh, crack what you're meant to be meant to be doing most times. Yeah, there's not that many there's not that many decisions to make. As you keep sure. going, they kind of put it gets harder just by kind of pouring in more more enemies. Mm-hmm. I like it and I think that the what they ended up with is is very polished but I just wish there was kind of more more stuff to do you know more options more more abilities and yeah. stuff Yeah like like getting your score up doesn't really uh do much beyond um you know expanding your base back at the the um main menu screen Yeah in that way it kind of it seems like it was maybe it's I don't know anything about the story about it, but it seems like maybe it was going to be a phone game because in the on the Switch version you can also you can like t- use the touchscreen like it is a phone game. Yeah, I think I think it was a phone game. I, I think it was maybe like a simultaneous launch kind of on everything. Yeah, so. that would make more sense. I think it I think it f- would feel more at home there. Hmm. Yeah, and in, in like kind of commute game rather than a game that yeah. you have like a dedicated controller sitting down. Yeah, yeah I, I guess that's true. Um, but th- but it is still like a little bit uh, limiting. You can get like kind of cosmetics for your characters and unlock new characters as well, but uh, you can't really see it. <laughs> yeah, you can't really see them that much. And yeah. it's just kind of it's just it's only visual anyway. It's you know the it's there. Stuff. That's what's important. Um, you got to stand in front of the computer terminals and stuff to open them. Which I is like, like the keyboard sound a lot. It's very good. Yeah, it's like it's satisfying. The the effects and stuff are satisfying. But All like the, little green things the idea is... Like I understand why you would have like a terminal that you have to stand at for a certain amount of time. It's because you would pair that with the, the challenge of being able to be seen while you're doing it. So you yeah. have to pick the right time to do it. But I like 95% of those cabinets and computers, there's no bad guys anywhere near them. So yeah. I just like, I don't need to spend my time, like, even though it's only a second, like, just, I wish they would just pop as soon as I went next to them because 
I guess the I guess what it does do is because your multiplier is always going down, it makes you choose when you want to stand in front of a thing, or maybe you will want to fight some more guys or something. But because there also because there's so many that like, and then you have to there's those like scanning rooms that you need the key card to to go in, and they take time as well. Mm. And then inside there, you have to. Like, you'll open those doors up and there'll be another thing inside that you have to stand next to and wait for a second. Even though there's, like, never any bad guys in that room. So just give it give it to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it feels like uh, almost a little bit of a tension between um, just, like, a game where you have to get a flow up and keep moving... And one mm. of the main functions just being stand, stand there and wait. Stand still, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's mostly. I think it is a very. I think it's a good game for what it is. But no, it's yeah. Not I, I think it's. What, I think it's fun and engaging, and it's very snappy and pretty. It's not what I would distill a Metal Gear Solid into. Mm. I think it also has. So there's also bonuses like bullets and EMP grenades to take out cameras and and stuff like that but they are all automatically deployed when you enter the vision kind of any of those yeah, things so yeah if you like make a mistake it basically just so if you have bullets you can use them to shoot you'll automatically shoot a person if you get caught in their cone if you have them or, or a camera um, and if you grenade. don't have any bullets you, you use the grenades or whatever which is yeah. is fine you know it's it's a it is a way to get those things in there, but they're just it's just not that much of an interesting way to do it, I guess. Because yeah, they just give you extra chances. It ends up feeling like you're not really doing much in certain instances because it's kind of all, all automating all this stuff. Um, yeah, it would make I it, like it makes sense as as a, a in a kind of phone game style way. I guess what I w- it would be like if you could. I I remember I had an example for this, but I don't remember what it was. But like, if you could use an EMP to like open a door or something, mm. so it's like you could spend it to do this, or you can have it on handy for, um, for using against cameras and stuff. For yeah, you can use it. Yeah, you can keep it in your pocket as a as a kind of chance to make a mistake, or you could try and spend it to get something. That would be basically yeah, way more doing. more. Uh, decisions that you're actively making throughout the the course of yeah, the it's, run. It's interesting. I do want to st- I still do want to make a kind of a metal gear solidy game and it's mm-hmm. playing this one has um clarified what stuff that I would want to be in it and what stuff is not as important to me. For sure. Um like I think that you should have C4 and you can remote detonate it. Yeah. And you should be able to, like, climb through vents and stuff and go prone. Those, I think, are important things to me about Metal Gear Solid. More sneaking is what our game's going to be called. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I'll say, uh, I think they did a really good job with the, like, PS1 blocky style. Um, Yeah. All the the lighting and stuff. It looks very Metal Gear. Uh, Super, super looks like that. Yeah, it looks good. They have different. They have some nice different themes for the different levels. Mm-hmm. Although they don't appear to really have any special, yeah, level mechanics or anything. They all, all kind of end up kind of the same. 
I guess, like, if it's going for, like, a Metal Gear kind of parody thing, it isn't really super funny. Maybe that's, maybe that's sort of subjective, but, um, I think there's a lot of really fun creative stuff you could do if you're, uh, gaffing on, uh, Metal Gear. Like, um, in terms of, of, uh, ridiculous, uh, plot twist kind of things. And, and these ones kind of end up feeling a little bit more like Austin Powers, um, yeah. speak, rest in power, uh, uh, kind of jokes. Um, rather than, like, uh, making fun of uh, Hideo Kojima's really uh, rapt, uh, 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 obsessive style of writing, um, making all these old silly uh, connections and retconning stuff from game to game. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff you could do. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought it was funny, but it doesn't really... It's not taking its shot specifically at Metal Gear Solid. It's just mm. kind of being its own thing. Being its own funny, quirky thing, and that's okay, too. Um, never stop sneaking. I did it again. Never stop sneaking. I did it again. Never stop sneaking. God. It's me from uh, um, Peter Pan. I'm Peter Pan. Um, for so that's so that's the the whole the whole effing show, everybody. I'm gonna censor myself. Wait, what's our next game club? Oh, Austin Powers we... Pinball. Get ready, everybody. We're gonna okay, we're gonna yeah, represent his great legacy. Um. Rest in power, Austin Powers Pinball. We're gonna play it on the PS One. Um, now I believe this was based on the real Austin Powers Pinball Table, Kevin. Which you? Oh wow! Yes, that you. I, I have uh, uh, very generously uh, sent to you for your next birthday. Happy birthday, buddy! Wow, that's it's I, Austin Powers. That's a fantastic gift. It's an Austin Powers pinball, but it, it doesn't have any balls. So it's just sort of <laughs> a table um, with a lots of Austin Powers things in it. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, you could you could use it as like a dinner table, I guess, if you wanted to stand yeah, at the dinner table. Eat your, eat your dinner on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You can watch the little orange screen come up with little clips from Austin Powers. Um, so that's what we're going to play. Please join us. Get yourself a copy of uh, Austin Powers Pinball for the Pinball. PS1. If you, if you want extra points, uh, get some get some time in on uh, Welcome to My Evil Lair as well. Oh, yes. The, the uh, Game Boy Color Classic. Um, mini, who, mini game collection. Who could yeah. forget Austin Powers Presents Welcome to My Evil Lair? Um, that, that'll be next time though thank you all for joining oh of course if you want to ask questions um, such as the one that was asked on the show you can message us at Skypirate Radio on Twitter and questions at skypiratestudios.com those are the two fronts through which you can uh, talk to us and interact with our voices and hear what they have to say and, and have them come straight back to you in a if way that'll work, be energizing. If you work for Sega and you you yeah. know what the right situation is with Alibaba and Forty Thieves, please use those methods to get in touch. Yes. Was there a trademark that you had to use for the Alibaba license? Was that a license? Uh, do we need to pay you? There's so many questions we have for you, Sega. Not enough answers coming from you, so we're hoping to hear from yeah. you soon. I've I've got. Here's here's a little taste of what if I had Alibaba and Forty Thieves license. Right. Here's a little taste of All what right. I would do. I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm ready. I'm licking my lips. What you pick up the speed power up. You're on a flying carpet. Oh my god! See, look, this is what you could have, Sega. 
we, we could revitalize it. I'm Sega telling you. Sega was just talking about how they don't have any announcements just yet, but they're very excited to talk about their new Sonic the Hedgehog announcement. Well, why don't you just blindside everyone? Let's make a new Alibaba and the 40 Thieves game. Let's just get it done. Get everyone excited. New Sega properties, new IPs. Come on. We're not even doing a podcast anymore. This is a pitch. Hey, Sega. <laughs> this is a pitch. Come this on, guys. Every, every few weeks, an hour-long pitch for Sega. Guys, Alibaba is, uh, is, you could turn Hot this... Hot right now. This is an oil, uh, this is a, an oil fountain we have here, guys. We, we can really do something with this. So please consider it. Until next time, everybody, thank you for listening to the Sky Pirate Radio Show. Um, uh, peace, peace to you and yours. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. Have a good week, everybody. See you next time. See you next time on the show. Today, uh, we played Never Stop Smeakin'. Never Stop Smeakin'. I'm I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm so tired. I'm starting that again. Fuck it. (laughs) Okay.